Welcome to A Mid Summer Night's Dream, the radio play, Act 3. Brought to your listening device by Every Mother's Son Productions and Oberon's Flower Potion Emporium. Oberon Flower Potion Emporium for all your mayhem needs. Now please sit back, relax, and enjoy the final installment of A Mid Summer Night's Dream, the radio play. Sit thee down upon this flowery bed, while I thy amiable cheeks do coy, and stick musk roses in thy sleek smooth head, and kiss thy fair large ears, my gentle joy. Where's Peas Blossom? Ready. Scratch my head, Peas Blossom. Where's Monsieur Cobweb? Ready. Monsieur Cobweb, good monsieur, bring me the honey bag. Do not fret yourself too much in the action, monsieur, and good monsieur. Have a care, the honey bag break nut. I would be loath to have you overflown with a honey bag, seigneur. Where's Monsieur Mustard Seed? Ready. Give me your neath, Monsieur Mustard Seed. Pray you leave your courtesy, good monsieur. What's your will? Nothing, good monsieur, but to help Cavalieri Cobweb to scratch. I must to the barbers, monsieur, for methinks I am Marvel's hairy about the face, and I am such a tender ass, if my hair do but tickle me, I must scratch. What, wilt thou hear some music, my sweet love? I have a reasonable good ear in music. Let's have the tongues and the bones. Or say, sweet love, what thou desirest to eat. Truly a peck of provender, I could munch your good dry oats. Methinks I have a great desire to a bottle of hay. Good hay, sweet hay, hath no fellow. I have a venturous fairy that shall seek the squirrel's hoard and fetch thee new nuts. Mm, I had rather have a handful or two of dried peas. But I pray you, let none of your people stir me. I have an exposition of sleep come upon me. Sleep thou, and I will wind thee in my arms. Fairies, begone, and be always away. So doth the woodbine, the sweet honeysuckle gently entwist. The female ivy so enrings the barky fingers of the elm. Oh, how I love thee, how I dote on thee. Welcome, good Robin. Seest thou this sweet sight? Her dotage now I do begin to pity, for, meeting her of late behind the wood, seeking sweet favours for this hateful fool, I did abrade her and fall out with her. When I had my pleasure taunted her, and she, in mild terms, begged my patience, then I did ask of her her changeling child, which straight she gave me, and her fairy sent to bear him to my bower in fairyland. And now that I have the boy, I will undo this hateful imperfection of her eyes. And gentle Puck, 
take this transformed scalp from off the head of this Athenian swine, that he, awaking when the other do, may all to Athens back again repair, and think no more of this night's accidents, but as a fierce vexation of a dream. But first, I will release the fairy queen. Be as thou wast wont to be, see as thou was wont to see. Diane's bud or Cupid's flower hath such force and blessed power. Now, my Titania, wake you, my sweet queen. My Oberon, what visions have I seen? Methought I was enamored of an ass. There lies your love. Oh, how came these things to pass? Oh, how mine eyes do loathe his visage now. Silence a while. Robin, take off this head. Titania, music call, and strike more dead than common sleep of all these five the sense. Music, ho, oh, music such as charmest sleep. Now when thou wakest, with thine own fool's eyes peep. Sound music! Come, my queen, take hands with me and rock the ground whereon these sleepers be. Now thou and I are in new enmity, and will tomorrow midnight solemnly dance in Duke Theseus's house triumphantly, and bless it to all fair prosperity. There shall the pairs of faithful lovers be wedded with Theseus in all jollity. Fairy king, attend and mark, I do hear the morning lark. Then, my queen, in silence, sad trip we after night's shade. We, the globe, can compass soon, swifter than the wandering moon. Come, my lord, and in our flight, tell me how it came this night that I sleeping here was found with these mortals on the ground. Go, one of you, find out the forester. For now our observation is performed, and since we have the voward of the day, my love shall hear the music of my hounds. Uncouple in the western valley, let them go. We will, fair queen, up to the mountain's top, and mark the musical confusion of hounds and echo in conjunction. I was with Hercules and Cadmus once, when in a wood of Crete they bade the bear with hounds of Sparta. Never did I hear such a gallant chiding, for besides the groves, the skies, the fountains, every region near, seemed all one mutual cry. I never heard so musical a discord, such sweet thunder. My hounds are bred out of the Spartan kind, slow in pursuit, but matched in mouth like bells. Judge when you hear. But soft, what nymphs are these? My lord, this is my daughter here asleep, and this Lysander, this Demetrius is, this Helena, old Nedar's Helena. I wonder of their being here together. No doubt they rose up early to observe the rite of May, and hearing our intent, came here in grace of our solemnity. But speak, Aegeus, is not this the day that Hermia should give answer of her choice? It is, my lord. Go. Bid the huntsmen wake them with their horns. Good morrow, friends. St. Valentine is past. Begin these wood birds but to couple now. <gasps> Pardon, my lord. 
<sighs> I pray you all stand up. I know you two are rival enemies. How come this gentle concord in the world that hatred is so far from jealousy to sleep by hate and fear no enmity? My lord, I shall reply amazedly. Half sleep, half waking, but as yet I swear I cannot truly say how I came here. But as I think, for truly what I speak, and now I do bethink me so it is, I came with Hermia hither. Our intent was to be gone from Athens, where we might, without the peril of the Athenian law... Enough, enough. My lord, you have enough. I beg the law, the law upon his head. They would have stolen away, they would. Demetrius, thereby to have defeated you and me, you of your wife, and me of my consent. Of my consent, that she should be your wife. My lord, fair Helen told me of their stiff, of this their purpose hither to this wood. And I in fury hither followed them, fair Helena and fancy following me, but my good lord. I wot not by what power my love to Hermia melted as the snow, and all the faith, the virtue of my heart, the object and the pleasure of mine eye, is only Helena. To her, my lord, was I betrothed ere I saw Hermia. But like a sickness did I loathe this food. But as in health come to my natural taste, now I do wish it, love it, long for it, and will forevermore be true to it. Fair lovers, you are fortunately met. Of this discourse we more will hear anon. Aegeus, I will overbear your will, for in the temple by and by, with us, these couples shall eternally be knit. And, for the morning now is something worn, our purposed hunting shall be set aside. Away with us to Athens, three and three, will hold a feast in great solemnity. Come, Hippolyta. These things seem small and undistinguishable, like far-off mountains turn it into clouds. Methinks I see these things with parted eye when everything seems double. So methinks, and I have found Demetrius like a jewel, mine own and not mine own. Are you sure that we are awake? It seems to me that yet we sleep, we dream. Do not you think that Duke was here and bid us follow him? Yea, and my father. And Hippolyta. And he did bid us follow to the temple. Why, then we are awake. Let's follow him. And by the way, let us recount our dreams. <sighs> when my cue comes, call me and I will answer. <sighs> my next is Most Fair Pyramus. Hey ho! Peter Quince! Flute the bellows mender! Snout the tinker! Starveling? Oh, God's my life! Stolen hence and left me asleep! I have had a most rare vision. I have had a dream past the wit of man to say what dream it was. Man is but an ass if he go about to expound this dream. There is no man can tell what. Methought I was, and methought I had. But man is a patched fool if he will offer to say what methought I had. The eye of man hath not heard, the ear of man hath not seen. Man's hand is not able to taste, his tongue to conceive, nor his heart to report what my dream was. 
I will get Peter Quince to write a ballad of this dream. It shall be called Bottom's Dream, because it hath no bottom, and I will sing it in the latter end of a play before the Duke. Peradventure, to make it the more gracious, I shall sing it at her death. Have you sent to Bottom's house? Is he home yet? He cannot be heard of. Out of doubt? <laughs> He is transported. If it come not, then the play is marred. It goes not forward, doth it? It is not possible. You have not a man in all Athens able to discharge Pyramus but he. Masters, the duke is coming from the temple, and there is two or three lords and ladies more married. If our sport had gone forward, we'd all have been made men. Oh, sweet bully bottom. Aha! Where are these lads? Where are these hearts? Bottom, O oh most courageous day, O oh most happy hour! Masters, I am to discourse wonders, but ask me not what, for if I tell you I am not true Athenian. Oh, I will tell you everything right as it fell out. Let us hear, sweet Bottom. Not a word of me. All that I will tell you is that the Duke hath dined. Get your apparel together, good strings to your beards, new ribbons to your pumps. Meet presently at the palace. Every man look o'er his part, for the short and the long is, our play is preferred. No more words. Away! Go! Away! Tis strange, my Theseus, that these lovers speak of. More strange than true. I never may believe these antique fables, nor these fairy toys. Lovers and madmen have such seething brains, such shaping fantasies that apprehend more than cool reason ever comprehends. The lunatic, the lover, and the poet are of imagination all compact. But all the story of the night told over, and all their minds transfigured so together, more witnesseth than fancies images and grows to something of great constancy but howsoever strange and admirable ah, here come the lovers full of joy and mirth joy gentle friends joy and fresh days of love accompany your hearts come now what masks what dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after supper and bedtime where is our usual manager of mirth what revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call Philistrate. Uh, here, mighty Theseus. Say what abridgment have you for this evening? What mask? What music? How shall we beguile the lazy time, if not with some delight? There is a brief how many sports are ripe. Make choice of what your highness will see first. A tedious brief scene of young Pyramus and his love Thisbe, very tragical mirth. Merry and tragical, tedious and brief, that is hot ice and wondrous strange snow. How shall we find the concord of this discord? A play there is, my lord, some ten words long, which is as brief as I have known a play. But by ten words, my lord, it is too long, which makes it tedious. For in all the play there is not one word apt, one player fitted. And tragical, my noble lord, it is. For Pyramus therein doth kill himself, which, when I saw rehearsed, I must confess, made mine eyes water, but more merry tears, 
the passion of loud laughter never shed. <laughs> what are they that do play it? Hard-handed men that work in Athens here, which never labored in their minds till now, and now have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptial. And we will hear it. Uh, no, my noble lord, it is not for you. I have heard it over, and it is nothing, nothing in the world, unless you can find sport in their intents. <laughs> I will hear that play, for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it. Go, bring them in, and take your places, ladies. I love not to see wretchedness or charged and duty in his service perishing. Why, gentle sweet, you shall see no such thing. Says they can do nothing in this kind. The kind are we to give them thanks for nothing. Our sport shall be to take what they mistake. And what poor duty cannot do, noble respect takes it in might, not merit. So please, your grace, the prologue is addressed. Let him approach. If we offend, it is with our good will that you should think we come not to offend, but with good will. To show our simple skill that is the true beginning of our end, Consider then we come but in despite. We do not come as minding to content you. Our true intent is all for your delight. We are not here. That you should here repent you. The actors are at hand, and by their show you shall know all that they are like to know. This fellow doth not stand upon points. Indeed, he hath played on this prologue like a child on a recorder. A sound, but not in government. His speech was like a tangled chain, nothing impaired, but all disordered. <laughs> Who is next? Gentles, perchance you wonder at this show, but wonder on till truth make all things plain. This man is Pyramus, if you would know. This beauteous lady, Thisbe, is certain. This man with lime in rough cast doth present war. That vile wall which did these lovers sunder. Through walls chink poor souls they are content to whisper at the witch that no man wonder. This man with lantern, dog, and bush of thorn presenteth moonshine. For if you will know, by moonshine did these lovers think no scorn to meet at Ninus's tomb, there, there to woo. This grisly beast, the trusty Thisbe, coming first by night, did scare away, or rather did, affright. And as she fled her mantle, she did fall, which lion vile with bloody mouth did stain. Anon comes Pyramus, sweet youth and tall, and finds his trusty Thisbe's mantle slain. Whereat with blade, with bloody, blameful blade, he bravely broached his boiling bloody breast. And Thisbe, tearing in mulberry shade, his dagger drew and died. For all the rest, let lion, moonshine, wall, and lovers twain at large discourse, while here they do remain. I wonder if the lion be to speak. No wonder, my lord. One lion may when many asses do. <laughs> In this same interlude it doth befall, that I, one snout by name, present a wall, and such a wall as I would have you think, that had in it a crannied hole, or chink, through which the lovers, Pyramus and Thisbe, did whisper often, very secretly, 
this loam, this rough cast, and this stone doth show that I am that same wall. The truth is so, and this the cranny is right and sinister, through which the Fearful lovers are to whisper. Would you desire lime and hair to speak better? It is the wittiest partition that ever I heard discourse, my lord. Ah. Pyramus draws near the wall. Silence. Oh, grim-looked knight. Oh, knight with hue so black. Oh, knight which ever art when day is not. Oh, knight. Oh, knight. Alack. Alack, alack, I fear my Thisbe's promise is forgot. And thou, O wall, O sweet, O lovely wall, that stand'st between her father's ground and mine. Thou wall, O wall, O sweet and lovely wall, show me thy chink to blink through with mine eyne. Thanks, courteous wall. Jove shield thee well for this, but... What see I? No Thisbe do I see. Oh, wicked wall, through whom I see no bliss. Cursed be thy stones for thus deceiving me. The wall, methinks, being sensible, should curse again. No, in truth, sir, he should not. Deceiving me is Thisbe's cue. She is to enter now, and I am to spy her through the wall. You shall see it will fall pat as I told you. Yonder she comes. O oh, wall, full often hast thou heard my moans, for parting my fair Pyramus and me. My cherry lips have often kissed thy stones, thy stones with lime and hair knit up in thee. I see a voice. Now will I to the chink, to spy, and I can hear my Thisbe's face. Thisbe? My love! Thou art my love, I think. Think what thou wilt, I am thy lover's grace, and like Lymander am I trusty still. And I like Helen to the fates me kill. Not Shaphalus to Procris was so true. As Shaphalus to Procris, I to you. Oh, kiss me through the hole of this vile wall. Mm. I kiss the wall's hole, not your lips at all. Mm. Wilt thou at Ninny's tomb meet me straight away? Tide life, tide death, I come without delay. Thus have I, wall, my part discharged so, and being done, thus wall away doth go. Now is the wall down between the two neighbors. No remedy, my lord, when walls are so willful to hear without warning. This is the silliest stuff that ever I heard. Here come two noble beasts in, a man and a lion. You ladies, you whose gentle hearts do fear the smallest monstrous mouse that creeps on the floor, may now perchance both quake and tremble here when lion, rough, in wildest rage, doth roar. Then know that I... As a snug the joiner am a lion fell, nor else no lion's dam. 
For if I should as lion come in strife into this place, twere pity on my oh, life. Oh, a very gentle beast, and of a good conscience. The very best of beast, my lord, that e'er I saw. Let us listen to the moon. This lanthorn <laughs> doth the horned moon. He should have worn the horns on his head. He is no crescent, and his horns are invisible within the circumference. This lanthorn doth the <laughs> horned moon present myself. <laughs> the man in the moon do seem to be. <laughs> this is the greatest error of all the rest. The man should be put into the lanthorn. How is it else the man in he the moon? He dares not come there for the candle, for you see it is already in snuff. I am aweary of this moon. Would he would change? It appears by his small light of discretion that he is in the wane. But yet, in courtesy, in all reason, we must stay the time. Proceed, moon. All that I have to say is to tell you that the lantern is the moon, I am the man in the moon, this thornbush my thornbush, and this dog my dog. Why? Yeah. All these should be in the lantern, for all these are in the moon. But silence! Here comes Thisbe. This is old Ninny's tomb. Where is my love? Oh! Well roared, lion. Well run, Thisbe. Well shown, moon. Truly the moon shines with a good grace. Well moused, lion. And then came Pyramus. And so the lion vanished. Sweet moon, I thank thee for thy sunny beams. I thank thee, moon, for shining now so bright. For by thy gracious, golden, glittering gleams, I trust to take of truest Thisbe sight. But stay, oh, spite, but mark, poor knight, what dreadful dole is here. Eyes, do you see? How can it be? Oh, dainty duck, oh dear, thy mantle good, what, stained with blood? Approach, ye furies fell. Oh, fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum, quail, crush, conclude, and quell. Oh, wherefore nature didst thou lion's frame? Since lion vile hath here deflowered my dear, which is, no, no, which was the fairest dame that lived, that loved, that liked, that looked with cheer, come tears confound, out sword and wound, that pap of Pyramus, I, that left pap where heart doth hop, Ugh! thus. Die I, thus, thus, thus. Now I am dead. Now am I fled. My soul is in the sky. Tongue, lose thy light. Moon, take thy flight. Now die, 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 die. How chance moonshine is gone before Thisbe comes back and finds her lover? She will find him by starlight. Here she comes, and her passion ends the play. Methinks she should not use a long one for such a Pyramus. I hope she a will A moth will turn the balance which Pyramus, which Thisbe, is the better. He for a man, God warrant us. She for a woman, God bless us. She hath spied him already with those sweet eyes. And thus eyes. she means. 
Asleep, my love? What? Dead, my dove? Oh, Pyramus, arise! Speak! Speak! Quite dumb. Dead? Dead? A tomb must cover thy sweet eyes, these lily lips, this cherry nose, these yellow cow's cheeks. Are gone! Are gone! Lovers, make moan. His eyes were green as leeks. Oh, sisters three, come. Come to me. With hands as pale as milk, lay them in gore. Since you have shore, shears his thread of silk. Tongue, not a word. Come, trusty sword. Come, blade, my breast in brew. Moonshine and Lion are left to bury the dead. Aye, in wall too. No, I assure you the wall is down that part of their fathers. Will it please you to see the epilogue? No epilogue, I pray you, for your play needs no excuse. Never excuse. For when the players are all dead, there need none to be blamed. Let your epilogue alone. The iron tongue of midnight hath told twelve. Lovers, to bed. Tis almost fairy time. I fear we shall outsleep the coming morn as much as we this night have overwatched. Sweet friends, to bed. A fortnight hold we this solemnity in nightly revels and new jollity. Now the hungry lion roars and the wolf behowls the moon. Whilst the heavy ploughman snores, all with weary task foredone. Now it is the time of night that the graves all gaping wide. Every one lets forth his sprite in the churchway paths to glide. And we fairies that do run by the triple Hecate's team from the presence of the sun following darkness like a dream. Now, our frolic, not a mouse shall disturb this hallowed house. I'm sent with broom before to sweep the dust behind the door. Through the house give glimmering light, by the dead and drowsy fire, every elf and fairy sprite hop as light as bird from briar, and this ditty after me, sing and dance it trippingly. First rehearse your song by rote, to each word a warbling note, hand in hand with fairy grace will we sing and bless this place. Now, until the break of day, through this house each fairy stray, to the best bride bed will we, which by us shall blessed be, and the issue there create, ever shall be fortunate. So shall all the couples three, ever true in loving be. With this field do consecrate, every fairy take his gate, and each several chamber bless through this palace with sweet peace, and the owner of it blessed ever shall in safety rest. Trip away, make no stay, meet me all by break of day. If we shadows have offended, think but this in all 
all is mended, that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear, and this weak and idle theme no more yielding but a dream? Gentles, do not reprehend. If you pardon, we will mend. And, as I am an honest puck, if we have unearned luck, now to scape the serpent's tongue we will make amends ere long, else the puck a liar call. So good night unto you all, give me your hands if we be friends, and Robin shall restore amends. This has been the final installment of A Midsummer Night's Dream, the radio play. A special thank you to the BBC Free Sound Archives, the Free Music Archive, and to Folger Shakespeare Library for their information and talented artists who provided us with our text and our environments. Be sure to follow Every Mother's Son Productions on your favorite listening platform, as well as our social media, to find out first about our next production. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you in your home soon.